Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Peace, 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 and welcome to The Rematch, which is part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. On The Rematch, you'll hear in-depth interviews with notable names from all walks of life. Because sometimes the media just doesn't get it right. The Rematch is that second opportunity to clarify, put things in proper context, correct fake news or misreported controversy, the media still exists as the most powerful entity on earth because they control the minds of the masses. I'm Atan Thomas, and the full truth is what we are aiming to catch. Many media stories omit details that would dilute their clickbait roar, and that's why there's a need for the rematch. Today, I sat down with a few of my former Washington Wizards teammates, Jahidi White, Tyrone Nesby and Chris Whitney to discuss Kwame Brown. A lot of people think they know, but they know nothing. We were all there, and we can tell you firsthand how Kwame was treated by MJ and Doug Collins, and the way he was degraded by the media, in particular, Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. It's always good to get the truth from people who were actually there. This is a good episode. Hope you enjoy Welcome, welcome, everybody, on this special edition of The Rematch on BasketballNews.com and Fly TV. Um, we have a few former Wizards, former Washington Wizards. We have the big fella in the middle, Jahadi White. We have uh, Tyrell Nesby. Uh, and we got Chris Whitney running the point. Uh, appreciate y'all coming on, man. I really appreciate y'all coming on and doing this. Thanks for having us, bro. So no we're going to jump right into it. <laughs> So it's been a lot with our former teammate Kwame Brown, and Kwame Brown been in the. He he he's had a lot to say, and it's interesting because at first, I was gonna stay out of the whole thing. wasn't gonna comment on it. wasn't gonna say anything. Just kind of watch from the sidelines like everybody else. And then Kwame mentioned my name in one of the one of the videos. I don't know if y'all saw, and he was talking mm-hmm. about how he was his experience in Washington D.C. An experience with the Wizards. And 
interesting because after he said that, and he said, uh, you can ask the time, he'll tell you. And sure enough, my phone was ringing off the hook with people trying to verify what he was saying. And it's interesting because a lot of people even now, they don't know everything that was going on in the atmosphere. You know what I mean? They just look at Kwame, they say, oh, you know, he didn't pan out, number one pick, call him a bus, everything like that. And I would always be like, well, there's a whole lot more to this story than that. Like, y'all, you know, y'all are missing a whole lot of parts. So I said, okay, well, why don't I just invite some guys that were, 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 were there, that were on the Wizards, and we all talk about it. You know what I mean? And all kind of paint the correct picture of what was going on um, during our days in D.C. Cause it, and it was a, you know, it was, it was a difficult situation. I'm going to be honest with you. Jai, let me, let me, let me start with you, you know, because – what, what was your assessment of everything, first of all? When MJ came out of retirement, you know, just the whole scene shifted uh, from what it was supposed to be, which was, you know, the Wizards, you know, weren't they really that, 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 that high, that good of a team before that, didn't have a whole lot of wins. So it was going to be like just young players getting, you know, playing, getting, you know, he, he was the number one pick. You had a whole lot, a lot of young guys. And then it changed from MJ coming out of retirement and got to make the playoffs, got to make MJ look good. You know, everything was just kind of different. What, what did you see, Jody? I think a lot of players became was, that was coming into their own the year before became just particular role players, you know, more or less. And it was it was uh, unwritten rule. That that's just how it was going to go. Mm. It was an unwritten rule. That's how it was going to go. You're a role player. Um, and so when Kwame came into the mix, I didn't feel like it was really enough room for Kwame to do anything there. You know, it really wasn't enough room for a lot of players. I mean, most players that did, that was used to putting up buckets, you know, they, they left. They had to go because it just wasn't enough balls. So to me, just the position alone, was a tough position for Kwame to be in coming in, because it would have been a tough position for me. Right. It was. It was a tough position for me. You know, once once all the flair wore off, you know, and um, so for Kwame, it had to be a tough position. Then he coming in at seventeen, you know, and what people don't really understand is how everybody saying, "Okay, Kwame bust this." this. You didn't, people didn't see how Kwame handled himself. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, most people in that position, we saw Kwame every day. We talked to Kwame every day. You know, he was a good, he was our friend. You know, he was our guy. You know, even though he was like a younger brother. And, you know, you could tell he was going through his ups and downs, but he didn't break. Right. He never broke. You know, he never broke. And imagine you at that age coming in in that situation. Would have you, bro- you know, a lot of people would have broke. You know, and... You know, and to me, I saw sometime MJ as a mentor in a mentor role with Kwame, and I saw sometime he got got on his head. But you know, it was more of just you had to really be able to understand Doug as a coach and his way. You know, Doug, <laughs> I I never experienced nobody like Doug in his way because I'm not from that world. You right. know, and so a lot of things to how Doug did him would kind of you know, affect me or make my blood boil a little bit and I had to get used to it. Right. So if you're not used to that coming in, 
you know, it 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 could turn you off really fast. I mean, it was there. There was a lot going on, and I, I mean, let's even let's even back up a little bit because when Kwame came out of the draft, do y'all remember? You know, because I was I was in there rehabbing, so I was there the whole time when everybody left, and then they was bringing guys in for the draft. And I remember they brought in all the top big men in the draft. They brought in Tyson uh, Chandler, and they brought in Eddie Curry. They brought in Tyson Chandler twice. I'm there watching it the whole time. I watched those drafts. Literally, and you could probably ask Tyson and Eddie Curry, and they'll tell you. It wasn't even close with Kwame and them. It wasn't close. He was too strong with Tyson, and he was too quick for Eddie Curry. And he destroyed them all in, in, the, uh, in the workouts. He was clearly the best big man in, in, in the draft. He was the number one pick. If those were the number one picks, Nope, the prospects who they brought in to work out, Kwame was the best out of that group. Kwame and destroyed in practice, though. He destroyed in practice. Every practice. He was killing. He destroyed in practice. And then Doug Collins happened. And this is the thing that I saw, and I, and I talked about this before. I saw Doug Collins. It almost seemed like he had it in for Kwame and was trying to take his confidence. That's that's what I saw. But, but Tinez, tell me what you saw, what you remember uh, from back those times. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I think I think um, I really believe Doug was only just going by what Mike wanted him to do. Hmm. You know, uh, at the end of the day, um, Doug was there for Mike, so Mike brought him in um, to to basically let Mike do whatever Mike needs to do. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, that's kind of how it was. Uh, me personally, man, you know, with Quan, man, I just think that they just, you know never really gave him that shot. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm like um, like Jahadi. I have seen some time where Mike, you know, uh, talked to him in a way where giving him, you know, instructions about what to do. And then I have been around where he has said some words to the young boy that I was like, damn. <laughs> you know, you and I'm, I'm with Jahadi. He didn't break, though. He didn't break. Mm-hmm. And I ain't going to lie, at 17 years old, it would have been hard for me, especially from how I was raised, to, to deal with somebody to talk to me like, you know, the way they talk to him. I mean, I probably – I already know me. I probably got in a fight with him. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I would have been fighting. Because hey, you only can say so much right. to a person. And at 17, I mean, I was a loose cannon at 17, so it was a little different. Right. So he, but Kwame stayed – he stayed quiet, man. He stayed humble. Um, You know, like – Kind of like what's going on now. I mean, I just, I just feel like you know. First of all, he ain't crazy. No, uh, he's a very, you know, he's very smart guy. He's, he's not crazy. So let's just get that out there real quick. Um, right. We, uh, he just, he just, he just basically speaking facts. And when you speak facts, I mean, the first thing come out of people's mouth is, you know, that person must be crazy because there's only so many people got the balls, man, to actually speak up the way he's doing right now. Can't and, deny facts, though. Can't deny facts. You can't though. deny facts, man. You can't facts deny. Facts, man. You know, it's gonna, interesting. Don't rock with him, though. It is. It's, it's interesting because a lot of the people, after he said it, they were calling me, asking me to verify because they didn't believe that MJ could have treated him as badly as what Kwame said that he treated him. And it's interesting because all right. So remember, after the last dance, I did a um, an interview with uh, NBA Buzz. Uh, Mike, Mikey um, Domalgala, I can't oh, pronounce his name, but it's NBA Buzz. And so I was talking about the, the Doug Collins aspect and the stuff that I saw from there, right? And so, you know, after all this stuff happened, 
NBA Buzz put that put that article back out. I mean, the, the interview back out. And I'm talking about all this stuff with Doug and how everything was Kwame's fault. And it was like, sometimes there would be stuff that didn't even have nothing to do with Kwame. And it was Kwame's fault. And it was like, he was like the scapegoat because I saw Doug wasn't going to get on MJ. He wasn't going to say, MJ, you did this wrong. wrong." Kwame, you didn't do this right. And I'm looking, I'm like, what Kwame got to do with with, with this? And that's what I saw so much though. But see, wait, tell me me a little bit about what you saw. I, I think from the beginning, man, when when M first came back, I knew it was going to be different. I suppose that we had one TV game, and they had two different, like, TV schedules. If he came or he didn't come. If he right. came, we had, like, 40-some games. Man, we were on TV all right. the time. Right. So I knew it was going to be totally, totally different. You know what I'm saying? So the all accounts that I got was just like yours at times, that like you saw it, but Kwame killed those in those workouts. It was no question. Then they brought them back again, and he did it again. So yeah. I can only imagine, like, you know, I, I've put myself in his shoes at 17 years old and um, trying to, time to one, live up to that number one draft pick status or what have you, but just playing in the NBA period. At 17, none of us have been ready. None of us have been ready. You know what I'm saying? I remember one instance. You'll, you'll remember when we played um, we played the Celtics up in Uncas, Connecticut, preseason. Mm. And, and M opened up the sporting the um, the restaurant, the sports bar, right. whatever, right. inside the casino, the right? Casino, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we went. We were all you know we was all invited. We all we went. So after it was over, we went to the casino. So I'm with Kwame. And they, everybody knows who he is. They were like, hey, you got to get out. You got to be 21, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so he and I left. We went back to the room and, you know, you know, chilled for a while, just kicked it like good fellas, you know what I'm saying, like we do. But he couldn't hang with all of us and do things like that. Now, me and Jihadi, you know, we, we kind of took him on uh, in D.C. We had him out there, right? Um, <laughs> but, you know, that was, that, that's got to be tough, man. It's like, if we didn't do those things with him – you know, at home he had his fam. He had some fam come up. You know, I it, I can only imagine how tough that is, man. Like you can't be around your teammates. You're used to doing that stuff. And um, but when he was out there playing, man, it was it was so much on him, man. Like he, he <laughs> I don't know if y'all remember the little warm up drill. We had to jump on one leg, and we're all jumping right, and we're jumping pretty high, and they would yell at Kwame, jump higher. Yep. Touched the ceiling, and we're like, okay. Yeah. You know, they was, and you could see him really straining, right, like, trying to jump higher and higher. It's like, it's only so high he can jump on one. It, you know, this is just warm up. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And then if something was not, if he didn't understand something, we'd run a play, and they would tell him to do something. You could see the confusion in his mind because he just didn't know. And then it would be like, hey, come on, next, next, next. Somebody get in. You know, Tom, get in, get in, get in at the floor, take a spot. You see what I'm saying? You know, so it, it was just, it was just hard on him. And then, like you said, man, we, you know, with MJ, it was like we coming in to win. You know, he he didn't. It, it wasn't a lot of time to. Hey, it wasn't a grooming. It wasn't a situation. Yeah. For, it yeah, wasn't a situation it, for a grooming process. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Not, for, not for a 17 year old. Kwame came in. Tell me this. When Kwame came in, we all knew how the age he was. But did he act? Did he act seventeen, eighteen? 
No, no. he was no, a mature no. dude. Yeah, you know, oh, he, yeah. Didn't. he didn't. Right, he didn't. And, this, and I say this, and I always say this. All right, he was the number one draft pick. But if he wasn't, say for instance, he was number fifteen. Mm-hmm. His career was his career was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know he, he had a decent yeah. career. Mm-hmm. You know his career was good. Yeah. Right, so what? Twelve years in the NBA. Yeah, you know, you can't well, last twelve years in. Yeah. I, I know some number one draft picks didn't last twelve years in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And also, we got to understand too. You know, when Mike when Mike came, Mike came in thinking about Mike. Yes. Mike didn't come in to be like, I'm here to help y'all get better. No, it, Mike was, it was. It was Mike. The whole point, Mike, Mike coming about doing right. Mike. I mean, I, and and Mike was playing my position, so I knew that it was going to shorten up my time. Right. So you know, I'm sitting on the bench, hated. <laughs> you uh, know, it, you know, right. like people don't realize, you know, when you're an athlete, bro, and you want to play, it, I, I'm not sitting there to be a cheerleader. You know, I'm not. That's just, you know, your mind is not like that, and people think. Uh, you should be happy. You're on the team. No, bro. I know, like anybody else know, if you ain't performing, you ain't getting another contract. Mm-hmm. So at that time, you know, I'm sitting there just like, man, this guy, I know he's going to play the three spot because he ain't going to be fast enough to go for the two. So I knew he going to be playing my spot. So I, you know, right. I, so I knew I had to sit back and I talked to uh, Wes Unsell because, you know, y'all don't know, but I was, I was trying to get traded. I went to him <laughs> and tried to get traded. When they told right. me he was coming back, I ain't going to even lie. I right. said, and Wes was like, ah, oh, he ain't gonna last the whole season. Don't worry about it. He ain't gonna. And I was like, Wes, I'm telling you, man, um, I can see right now, my, I'm. It's a wrap for me. <laughs> you know? right. And right. and it was it was kind of like it was just like that. I knew my my minutes was gonna get low. You know, I just knew all that, man. And and, and not trying to knock Mike because Mike just being Mike. Being Mike. But every everybody thought Mike was coming to, like, really help us out. Yeah, but Mike had fun. one thing in mind. That's. Mike, win. Get mine. That was the organization's goal anyway. I mean, that, that was the whole goal. Is like, hey, we need yeah, to bring man. some people in the stands. This up, has man. to be the Mike show. That's the whole point. Right. So, yeah. so if, if if Mike wouldn't have come out of retirement, you would have seen a whole different situation and a whole different Kwame Brown. There oh, wouldn't have cool. been the same, you know, dynamic. There would it would have been completely different when he came in. He had his it's like seeing somebody transform from having their confidence to seeing them their confidence being taken from them. It's like and it was two different Kwamis. It was like, like I'm talking about as far as on the court. Yeah. Would we have the yeah. same coach? Would the same coach be in there? No, 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 it can't be the same coach. No, 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 can't be nowhere in this equation. Hey, uh, what, what was the other coach, man? The, um Leonard Hamilton before oh, that. No, 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 but listen. Hey, he would have done better with Linda Hamilton, though. Man, don't get me caught Linda Hamilton let you play, though. He would have let Kwame play. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry. Do y'all remember? I don't know. I don't remember if this was when that that year or the next year, but they would have Kwame, and Kwame told this story in one of the videos. They would have Kwame literally working out like it's a pre-draft workout before the game, two hours before the game. Do y'all remember that? Yeah, yeah, would have yeah. A, so we, we would all come in, start coming in, Kwame being there, drenched sweat. You know what I mean? Just be like, man, what you been doing? Like, they've been working me out, running sprints, doing lifting, all this different stuff, and then come to the game and then put him in the game, and he's dead tired. Like, I'm sitting here next to him on the bench. He's tired. They done worked this dude out for two and a half, three hours before the game. He's tired. And then, but and, I, and I'd be like, 
Why are they doing this with him? Like, why are they? It's like they try to set him up. Like, what's like it's sabotage? Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> you know, no, I, no platform. I, I was like, I, was, I just be like, I wouldn't know what to say. I'd be like, dog, this is messed up. Like, I don't, right. you know. And it was, it was after that. It was then the belittling. And I don't know, like, so do y'all remember? You remember when how he would, how MJ? I remember we was, I think we was in Charlotte. I want to say, and there was a lot of people there for our shoot around for some reason. I don't know if we had to do an appearance or something like that. There was a lot of people in there, and after the, and afterwards, MJ took the ball right and kicked the ball in the stands, and he said, "Now go I'm get it." And he told he told Kwame go go fetch go fetch the ball and everybody was looking and I was just and I saw looked at Kwame's face and I'm like that ain't funny you know what I'm saying and I'm like oh, I understand that the, hey, he he, he told him get, the, get uh, it and rookie thing but I was like hmm. he he told him get it before the bus leaves you remember you remember yeah, that get it get he kicked his hands in told him to go get the ball and, and get it before the bus leave, you know what I'm saying? Because we was at shoot-around. So, you know, we get on the bus and we're going back to the hotel. But yeah, he told him, he kicked it in the stands and told him, you know, go get it. You better catch, you better be able to catch the bus. You know what I'm saying? So, but it was, and that, ball, it was, and that ball went way up there. Too. Like, he, like he punted it way up there. Yeah, it and, went way and, up you know, there. But it, my, my, my thing is that I just didn't understand why. It's like you draft this kid, he's number one pick, and it's like you're almost intentionally trying to tear him down. Now, I don't know, maybe it was just an old school way of, I don't know, what, Bobby Knight tear you down to build you up. I couldn't I couldn't understand it. So help me out. I feel every rookie go through it. I ain't really go through it that much. Not like every that, rookie, though. But every rookie go through. No, I like like that. But my whole point is, every rookie wasn't seventeen. You get what I'm right. saying? You got to take some things in the equation. Like right. when you're bringing this person in, you got to understand that he didn't go through college to have a, a coach kick his ass in college. Right, right. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. He didn't have the coaches like right. we had at getting your face this close and right. spitting, yelling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we right. so we developed that tough skin. Like, you got to understand the a process that he skipped, and you got to take but that hey, equation when you're bringing him in. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm older than all y'all, so. No, that that that. Hey, get over here like a now. No, no, no. For real, to piggyback off what I say, I think it's also it is old school. All right. And it just depends on your coach and your teammates. My rookie year, 93, y'all probably went in, y'all halfway just now born. In 93, I didn't have to do all that. I just had to carry a camera on the road to practice, which we never used, and um, and a bag of balls. You know what I'm saying? No homo, no pause on that. But, you know, <laughs> carry, the, carry the ball ball bag into the thing, but nothing crazy. Then I've seen other people coming into the league and it was just like get the donuts or do this or that and and then I've seen some people who intentionally try to make someone late for the plane. Like I like that I don't understand. I was like, come on man, why would you do that to anybody? To you know purposely make them late to get to the plane, you know, to go to the next city or whatever, you know, what have you. But uh 
is it is old school. Some of it went, you know, didn't rub us the right way because, you know, you guys came up at the time. You're like, whoa, 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 you, you're not going to talk to me any kind of way now. You right. see what I'm saying? And like you said, Jahadi, the piggyback of that, Jahadi coming straight out of high school. When you're the man, you know how it is. I always know how to be the man in high school. Your coach is not really going to get on you like he can do everybody. He'll get on you, but he ain't going to cut you out. So that, that was a shell shock to Kwame. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, I mean, you saw on the last day, Oak had Pip, you know, choked up. You know what I mean? That's just, that's, that's Oak. That's that old school. You know what I'm saying? But Kwame just, he handled it though. I mean, I remember he used to be at the crib and he, he was, he was on point. He was, he didn't cry and bitch and complain about it. Why they doing this and that, you know, in, in a way of, in a way of, man, I'm tired of, I'm not doing this shit no more that type of way. You know what I mean? He was just like, dang, man, they trying to kill a man. I get a brother out here, you know, but he I mean, kept, he kept going, man. He, he kept going, bro. For him to persevere through that at, at 17, 18 years old, you know, it was, I remember hearing, you know, Doug Collins wanting Jihadi, like, to foul him harder, like, hit him harder, like, make him feel it, like, you know, be, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why do you want Jihadi to foul him harder? You know what I mean? We're in practice. We're teammates. He, like, wanting, and, and it's, it would always just, it would, it would bother me because I didn't understand if you, so say you have a high school person coming out, you know he's younger, it seems counterproductive to try to do that to him. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't seem like that's a good tactic to use to get the best out of your high school player that you know is younger. And and I and I would look at it and I just kept thinking, well, are they trying to set him up for failure? Or are they trying to set up a scapegoat just in case things don't go right that they have somebody to blame? I'm just coming up with different scenarios trying to make sense of why they would continue doing that. You know what I mean? But the but <clears throat> But the, the part that I also had an issue with was the media. And that's why you see Kwame scorching the earth on the media right now. Like right now, Kwame got you remember the you remember the um remember the movie Kill Bill? And you remember when when, mm-hmm. when the white lady had everybody name on the thing and then she scratched one off <laughs> and, it, and it was time to go to the next person. That's how Kwame is right now with the media. And I feel him. Stephen A. Smith. Well, you know what I mean? Skip Bayless. You know what I'm saying? He's just going yeah. down the list. But, I, but the story should have been, and it could have been, this young high school player persevered through all of this adversity right. in D.C. with, the, number, with the, the, the best player ever, you know what I mean, who, who was on him like that, Doug Collins on him like that, and he still persevered. That could have been the narrative. But they right. chose it to be, Oh, he's a bust. He's terrible. He's this. He's and it was like that was. They chose to do that. They didn't have to do that. But they. But you gotta. But we gotta understand. I mean, they're they're protecting Mike, bro. Yeah, that's what it was. That's that's the whole key about all this. They protected Mike. They don't. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to uh, uh, go at Mike. You know. But I can tell you, just by just talking to Mike and being around Mike. I mean, again, Mike. Worry about Mike, bro. Mike ain't. Mike ain't worried about me, my family, and and what I got to do in my life. You know, Mike, once I got done playing with Mike, Mike gone. You know what I'm saying? Mike ain't going around talking about teenagers, I can tell you that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like I always I always was wondering, like, do how much how much Mike has in getting Kwame there? 
that was that was I, I feel I, I feel that Mike I feel that Wes Unsell and maybe the owner wanted Kwame and Mike probably wanted somebody else. Cause it's just it's just to me seem like they come at this young man so hard. Like, you would want Kwame. Huh? You would you would have wanted Kwame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? saying? Like people think I, I don't mean to cut you off, man. Yeah, I'm used to it. People saying uh, he was a butt. <laughs> you saw Kwame, that big old specimen, that fast. Yeah. You would have wanted Kwame. You you would have solved the, the number one pick. Right. You know what? But you know what? You know what me is that before, because I guess what get me is that, you know, from day one, I mean, we was in practice in here, and Mike's first, I think he was screaming out with Kwame, like, uh, he like, you young boy stealing money. Y'all just stealing money. <laughs> you know, he like going mm. right in them right out the gate, bro. Right at the gate. So to me, I just, I was just wondering, like, did Mike want somebody else? And they decided to go with a different, different kid. I mean, I, I, I mean, different player. I don't know, man, because I ain't gonna lie. The boy, the boy had it hard, man. I mean, for him to be waiting twenty years and just not saying something, I commend him for that. Because yeah, I but the, all the people talking that, that had something to say. Say it again. So all the people that had something to say, all the like the media that have something to say about him. Right, right. That's like throwing a young fella in war, and then you sitting here. Never been in war. You talking about the soldiers? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. They were none of those people who <clears throat> had something to say. Never could even fathom that type of situation. Nah. Or or that that experience. You know what I'm saying? So, and how you an authority figure on that experience when you know us four never under like had to have experience like that. Right. Yeah. And we've been through. I mean, we, we was there, so I know all things we've been through. We right. never, we never had an experience like that, and we were NBA players. So imagine how rare that experience was for for Kwame, and and then somebody who would most somebody who would never be able to handle that experience, nor ever get it, happens to be an authority figure on talking to the world about it. Right. All right. Right. And then, and then why do they choose the narrative that they chose? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was like, it was like Stephen A. Smith. I, I don't mind, I don't mind calling the people out because we were there. And, I, and I'd be looking, I'd be like, why is Stephen A. Smith making it like his, his mission to every day crush this dude? You know what I mean? And it was like, was it just because he wanted to protect Mike and say it's all his fault and he's terrible and he's, you know? But it was like, oh, so um, in the media, it's interesting because, you know, I never liked the media. It's crazy that I'm now in it, but I never liked the media. And a lot of the reason why I never liked the media was because that's how I saw them do Kwame. That was really a lot. That, that's really a major point of when I really soured on the media. Like I saw them, it's one thing to critique somebody's game. They could have rebounded better. They could have ran the floor better. You know what I mean? Their defense was lacking here and here. That That's different. But they started criticizing Kwame and 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 attacking him as a man you know what i mean like he didn't have any and it was it was certain people stephen a smith skip bayless you know and certain people that would always do that and it was like it was an agenda of why they wanted to do that particularly with kwame now it was different with other people you know what i mean and you know stephen a smith does this whole stephen a smith thing and all extra dramatic and all extra stuff but with <laughs> kwame it was like it was personal and so for Kwame, like you said, for him to stay quiet all this time, 
Now you getting, you know what I mean? It's like the chickens coming home to roost. Like this is what. So so even though Stephen A. Smith, when he first came out, said it, and he was Stephen was like, hey, I ain't got nothing to do with this. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll leave Kwame alone now. Now it's 20 years later. Kwame already got you at the top of the list. So you're going to get this work. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, right. and, and, and you know, because and, I've never seen someone get torn down like that in the media who did nothing wrong. It was I see if somebody did something, got in trouble with the law, got something. Kwame did nothing wrong. He just also, didn't play also, up to their level of expectations of how he should play. That was it. Yeah, and also too, you gotta understand when people like Stephen A. You, you don't know who he's cool with. So whoever he's cool with may be saying things about Kwame, or lying on him, or whatever it is. And so he's listening to the wrong crowd. That's what it is. Right. They gonna he's not, he won't talk to people like us because then we we gonna tell the true story. And if we do, then it, now it's not a story to them. They want they want the drummer. They want to beat you up. That's the that's mm-hmm. what they do, bro. Ness, he wasn't there. In the end of the day, he wasn't there. True. We if four people here actually saw it every day. Yeah, every day. How you gonna be the main person talking about it? You ain't there. And you're not even there. That's real talk. Yeah. And and you know, it's a lot of people that talking it again that never dribble a ball, never got up in the morning, never went through no stress of this game, never had to to learn to adapt to a culture, learn to adapt to people. And these people are the same people that go around and talk about they experts, they guru in the in the sports. And that's the stuff that blows me away. You know, right. they, all of their information comes from a second party. Yeah, yeah, true. And who the hell whoever the hell is that is. You know what I'm saying? My whole point is right. you can't you can't be the the top authority figure on every topic in in sports. If you never that, you are not in the locker room. Or <laughs> never play. Man, you go to Boston. Hey, and and, and can't play. And can't play. That's real talk, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I mean, they 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 could have done it, you know. And it's interesting because so many of the media have called me because they know that I was always friends with Kwame. Me and Kwame, Kwame always been cool. Call me and been like, hey, you know, you you should really talk to Kwame. You know what I mean? I'm like, talk to him and say what? Kwame's <laughs> right. a grown man. He's not right, 17, right. 18-year-old Kwame no more. Right, right, right. Kwame is a grown man with a family. And he is saying right. what is on his mind and on his heart. I'm like, right. hey, what you want me to talk to him on your behalf? You know what I'm saying? I was like, are you serious? But they but they just worried that he coming for them next. And it's, it's, it's just, I like the part where I hope this makes the media think twice about how they talk about people publicly because they talk about people as if they're not humans. And then they expect you never to critique them. The media gets real sensitive if you critique them and they're, yeah. Yeah. you know, but they can say anything about and talk about a player like he a dog, talk about him like he the worst human being that ever walked the earth. <laughs> and that's just allowed. Like, why is that? And then to do that to a 17, 18 year old kid, to do that to anybody ain't taking money out their mouth. Like, why are you, you know, it's taking money out of anybody's mouth as soon as you open your mouth and say that. So so I'm glad you said that way because a lot of times people are saying, well, why is Kwame still harping on this about the media? You know, he should just get tougher skin. Let me just say real quick, <laughs> how would Stephen A. Smith and them, how that affected him economically, okay? So they put that narrative out there about Kwame, that he's, that he's mentally unstable, that he's, 
you know, immature, that he doesn't know how to order food, all the stuff that they just made up, right? You remember you, remember you heard that? And it was like in the papers, he didn't know how to order. He didn't know how to go to the dry cleaner. I don't know. All this kind of weird stuff, right? And and that that narrative is out there. <laughs> wow. And then when it comes time for him to be re-signed, you know how it is when narratives are out there. Yeah. Look, Carmelo didn't play for two years because of a narrative about him. Right. And obviously, Kamala can still play. But for two years, he wasn't in the league because of a narrative that was out there about him. So that narrative that Stephen A. Smith and all of them carried for all that all that time is out there about Kwame when it comes time for him to resign. And next thing, that's one of the strikes against him. So that brings his market value down. So, yes, Kwame should be mad that they took their narrative that they put out there actually took money out of his pocket. Hey, they bring that to the negotiation table. Of course. <laughs> they bring that to the negotiation That's table. Right. Of course. That's right. Hey. And you know, and, and you know, and you know what the what it is? They say, can we trust you? Right. Yeah. If we can we trust you, because we're gonna give you all this money, but we have to be able to trust you. I mean, I mean, keep it above, man. At 17, how many of us if size going to Syracuse, Georgetown, UNLV at Clemson, and you took some etiquette course, right? How many of us knew which one was the salad for? <laughs> exactly. But also, but come also, on, man, come on, Kwame. Hey, before Kwame even played a game, what was his Adidas deal for? Ten, twelve, fifteen million dollars. Come on, man. Yeah. Man, my, his, my mind would have been going crazy too. I, I, but Kwame was like straight, like it was. Hey, it was nothing. He was chill, he didn't bro. Trip. Chill. Exactly. He, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, I mean, it, it was time with that he said with us. He was frustrated, but he was trying to learn. Kwame yeah. typed it. He yeah. Why, he why? It, he, That's what I'm saying. He, he didn't bitch. Right. Now, yeah. He would ask a million questions. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like right. he was like um. He was like look. He would just sit me and we're down the room. We'll sit down there. Yeah. Million questions. Million questions. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He was uh, he was all about learning. He like, listen, this is my situation. I'm gonna learn and figure it out. Yep. And he worked hard. It wasn't like he, he didn't work hard. But he never bit. Yeah. yeah. No, he had a good act. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. For that, that should have been the narrative of a 17, 18 year old kid to persevere through that. that should, I, I think the real never. question is this. As a as a coach on any platform on any level, uh, you got an obligation to make a person better. Now you yeah. got a kid to come in. It just I don't care what the people you know the powers that be are telling you to do. You got an eighteen year old, seventeen year old kid coming in. Mm -hmm. Just you as a coach and your instinctual manner of upbringing kids as a coach would automatically make you say. I don't care. I'm making this kid better and I'm bringing him up. That's mm -hmm. my issue more than anything. Or as a reporter saying, I'm a grown ass man. I'm not getting ready to dog a kid. Right. 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 You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and people and don't look at like, those obligations and it's just that's just that's just human. That's some that's a human thing. You know what I'm saying? And so Right, but but I, I want to say this though, Hardy. Hardy, that is that's that's totally true. I agree, but then, what I mean, to a credit to Kwame now, to his credit, we in the NBA, right? Doug never dealt with no kids. You know what I'm saying? A young player. Think about it. When Doug was coaching, everybody was three, four years into college and what have you. He ain't deal with not no nothing like that, right? He's old school himself. We trying to win. 
we're trying to win. So it's like fast track everything. Everything was is it don't it was fast track for us. Kwame didn't complain. He did not say, man, they're not teaching me nothing. They not, you know, he just did whatever they asked and he did the job. But coaches, but, man, but, you're right. They should, they should take a kid and be like, hey, come on over. Just like we did. We were kids ourselves. All of us. We were kids ourselves, but we was like, Kwame, come on. We you know we got you. You feel me? But see, see where, but this is where I have to, I got to respectfully disagree on that one. Cause I think that a, okay. a job of a coach is to get the most out of each player that he has. And each player has to be coached differently when you're a coach. So when you're a coach, teenager, yeah. you tell oh, yeah. me, you got, you yeah. got, it's like when you got, like you got kids, you know what I mean? You, what works with one kid don't work with the other kid. And it will work with that kid, but work with the next kid. So, like when you, so when you're when, when you're a coach, you got to find out what makes the what how you bring the best out of each one of your players. Now, one player is to yell at them, get him on like like that. Another player, bring him up close. Hey, talk to him and, and strengthen. Other players, you got to draw it up for them to be able to see. But that's your job as the coach. It seemed to me that Doug Collins wanted <clears throat> him Kwame not to succeed. Like he wanted him to fail. And that was just because the setup, it was like, like you said, John, it was like sabotage. Like, why would you but, try to tear him down like that from day one? Like, why would you, what, why would you try to work him out for three hours before the game, having to run his sprints, right. and do all that stuff, and right. not expect him to be tired? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, right. I, I just didn't understand the, the, the methodology, you know, to his madness. Mm-hmm. So, Tinez, like, talk to me, because you're a coach. Like, how? I I wish, I mean, I would think that they would have had like an assistant coach or somebody would have said, you know, Doug could have, even he could have had an assistant coach say, hey, look, look out for young boy, whatever you want, make sure we keep him comfortable. I mean, somebody had to put him under his wing. But the problem was, to be honest with you, um, Doug came there for one reason, that's because of Mike and, and, and his job was to make sure Mike played and Mike did what he wanted to do. Doug was really thinking about anything else, to be honest with you. That dude, mine was just strictly on what Mike want, and that was it. So he didn't even, I mean, I don't even think when it came to Quan, man, he, he didn't even, I don't think Quan was like, was in his vision. I don't yeah. think Quan was like right, somebody right. he was even thinking about. If Mike was the one running that show, and so at the end of the day, he wanted, you know, he was doing whatever Mike wanted him to do. And I and I think that's the whole thing. I think Quam just happened to be there at the wrong damn time. In a bad situation. In a bad situation for him, man. It was not built for him to come out and and be that guy. It was not built. It was built to we was gonna build something around Mike. That's basically what it was. That's what it was. Man. I mean, seriously. I mean, I feel bad for the young boy, man, because you know he's he's not a bad person, man. I just I don't I don't like all this negative stuff about him. I don't like when people get to talking. All the next thing about you know he's crazy. I don't like that man because the kid is not well he ain't no kid no more but he's not crazy very smart no. uh, a good person mm-hmm. you know I just don't I don't like that I think like us coming together now you know I think all the NBA uh, players former players anybody who was around them can all say the same thing we're saying right now these are facts that we're speaking right now ain't nobody on it in, in this group right now is making up anything mm-hmm. we all speaking facts. And, you know, I think we all got to keep coming together like we're doing now to support whoever. So it, whoever the media want to smash and if we around, we should be doing what we're doing now, speaking right. up. I don't know, Nez. I, I get what you're saying, but I, I feel bad for him. 
I'm not. I don't feel bad for him. I think he persevered and he had a he good did. career. And he had he a did. good career, right? I, I, like you say, check the stats out. Check, well, yeah. Check well, the, you, if you if you, you, know, if check you look the stats, at the stats out. He put up numbers. And his and he, the he time put up that a good play across the board. Sense. He had a good cross the board numbers. Yeah, yeah. It makes more sense. I don't hey. think people see that part. Like the minutes he played and what he did in the minutes that he actually got, then he he, he did well. I feel bad that I, I, I don't was, recognize that. Oh, I feel bad. That. I was in I was I was in Charlotte with I was in Charlotte with him. Nah. The boy was banging out for us. Man. Now, now let me ask he you about that. Us, man. Let me ask you yeah. about this. This was something that I saw when he did that. I had a lot of respect for him because he chose to go to Charlotte. He chose to go back mm-hmm. to MJ. You know what I mean? Go back to the person mm-hmm. who treated him that way years before almost like to prove MJ wrong. That's never really talked about. And he had a great year, a great productive year in Charlotte. Yeah. And he made his point. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he proved yeah. to MJ that he could play. Talk about what you saw when he was down there at Seawit. Uh, uh, man, it was unbelievable, man. Coach Paul Silas gave him confidence. I mean, would tell Kwame, get the ball, man. Score the ball. If you don't shoot the ball, you're coming out. I mean, it was just that type of thing, man. And Kwame defensively was everything you could ask for. You know, I got, I've always said it, man, not because you on your hottie. I've only seen two people kind of so, so stand Shaq up. And Shaq, I think he said, you were just too short because you only were six, nine and a half. That's the only reason why he get it off of him. But, you know, Kwame's about almost seven. Kwame defensively was a beast for us. He grabbed rebounds. He ran the floor. Hey, if something jumped off on that floor, they didn't want that. They didn't want it with Kwame. He stood up for everybody on the team. He was a great teammate. He really, really played well for us, man. And he then he got hurt. You know, you you hear uh, the the golf ball. The ankle looked like a golf ball, man. The mm-hmm. boy looked like he had a a, a, a a cantaloupe in that thing, man. It was like <laughs> so big, but he would keep trying to come back. He would come back early, you know, and, and then you know it just wasn't right. But he when he was there, oh my god. He played well for us, man. He really did. He played well. I was like, okay, okay, big fella. I, I like you the know. fact that we're we're on here, you know what I mean, showing Kwame some love and talking, yeah. giving a different side um, to a lot. A lot of people don't really know as far as the atmosphere that he had to persevere through and actually who he was, you know what I mean? And the fact that he was able to, I mean, you got to be a strong-minded individual to be able to, come out of that and not cave and not quit and not, you know, and I never, even at 17, even though he's 18 years old, he never quit it, 18 years old, never folded, never anything like that. But this is what I see at time. And, and no, nothing on the people who, who do this. Uh-huh. There's so many NBA players that tell Kwame story that wasn't there. That's true. I they were probably there. They were probably there when MJ left or, but they wasn't there when MJ was there. Right, I agree. Right, and they telling the story like, like, like this is what happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's that's not what happened. Not what happened. So many times you know I'm <laughs> And most of them are telling their story. It's the most people. Most people who are listening to the Kwame story from the people who are got their actual NBA title to them. Right. Aren't listening to a story that they experienced with their own eyes, right? 
No, you're right. You know what I'm saying? And that's the that's I think that's more of the issue. You know, because these people got platform telling the story about somebody who are on the platform telling the story about somebody that that wasn't there. You know, right? And well, I know. think I think I think what they doing, Heidi. I mean, like most people are just trying to get ratings on their show. I, I'm like, not even talking about the people they, on the show. Make it no, up. I ain't going off. I ain't going there. Yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, saying, but the only reason why I say it because, like, when you're saying people, so that's what I'm saying. Stories. That's what I'm really saying. That's what I'm really saying. That, uh-huh. like, and give him my guy, you know, and nothing against Gilbert. Give him my guy. Okay, you talking about Gilbert? But Gilbert came after MJ left. Yeah, he did. Right. So there's no way he could really, other than what everybody was saying, probably on the team, because there was still people that was in that that was on the team that told him what happened. But he didn't see it with his own eyes. So, so let me let me tell you what happened with Gilbert, Gilbert and Kwame, because I was still there then. That was when I think y'all was all gone there that year. Yeah. So that was that was the year Larry Hughes was there. Um, it was Gilbert. We was in the playoffs, and we was that we was we was playing against Chicago, and that was where Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler and Kwame always got up for those games. Like those are the games where he really wanted to play well against them two cats, right? So the first two games we go down to Chicago, the first two games of the playoffs, we get smacked. Like it wasn't even, it was ugly, right? So the third game happened. We came back to DC, right? And I remember the third game because I had a good game that game. And it, like I was broke. And they kept okay, okay. And I, was, I had a so the game was real fresh <laughs> in my mind, right? So after the after the uh game, I had some cameras around me because I had a good game. I had like 20-some points, had like four or five dunks, you know what I mean? I was doing work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm, I'm hitting them with all the, you know, well, you know, you just got to, you know, stay ready. And, you know, when your name is called, you know, I'm hitting them with all the cliches, right? So I'm enjoying myself talking to the media. And then I see the media over there where Kwame, Kwame's locker's over here, Gilbert's locker's over there, Right. And I see the media going back and forth to them. And then the media slowly start going over there. And then they say, oh, they go to Kwame. Hey, Gilbert said that that they better without you being in the game. And then go back to Gilbert. Oh, well, well, Kwame said that you need to pass him the ball. And they'd be playing better if you pass him the ball. Then they go right back to you. I'm sitting there watching them going just like this. Oh, wow. well, Gilbert said they didn't pass you the ball and you ain't do nothing with it. And that's why. And I'm sitting there looking at it like, Look at this. They are really trying to start something between these two dudes. And that right there caused a big rift between them two. So when you heard Kwame going off when he was talking about Gilbert got him benched, I don't know if you heard that part when he was saying like that. It was the media that put all that in there. It was I, I was I was right there watching the whole thing unfold. And I saw it with my own eyes. So as soon as that happened, I immediately hit hit uh, Kwame, and I immediately hit Gilbert. I was like, Gilbert, what's going on? Like, what, why, you know, because he was, like, attacking me and a lot of this stuff when Kwame was going off on, on, on it. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. This is, I'm, I was like, this was when, and I told the story again I just told y'all because I actually said that when Gilbert was on, my, on this show. And I told Gilbert what I saw. So I was like, that's what I saw. So I went and told Kwame, and they eventually talked and stuff like that. They had some other stuff, too. They had to smooth out. But that's what happened with them. And that's why, and that's another time when I saw, the, and I had to, I approached one of the guys uh, from the media, and I'm, I'm cool with him now, so I don't put his name out there and stuff like that. But I was like, oh, that's messed up, because I'm sitting here looking at you, fueling this fire between these two cats, and starting an issue 
where the whole the whole you know good story could have been that we just won the first game in the playoffs. You know what I mean? It could have been you know I had a good game or something. You know what I mean? It could have been anything. But you're gonna try to start a beef between these two cats. And I said to him, I said to a reporter and said that. Now I saw that with my own eyes. So that was the issue with Kwame and, and and Gilbert. And they got it all worked out, I guess, and they cool now. But but that's what happened with them. And that's why wow. I'm telling you, the media, man, like right. they, but like, this, but, they, but like, like, they like drama. They like like terrible stuff. That's why even with this, I even posted it today. I said as soon when 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 Kwame and Matt Barnes and Stack eventually you know what I mean? Squash their beef and everything like that. I want all of y'all media that are all pumping all of this and fueling the fire and everything they better like celebrate. that to be just as loud and to make sure you cover when, yep. when they all, you know, squash their beef and everything. Because if we, you notice, if you notice, C-Webb and Jalen Rose, that was a beautiful moment when they was on the other time and he was congratulating him, right? Yeah. I saw a few little articles, but not a whole lot. Not as much as I probably would have seen if they would have got on there and started beefing. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what sells. That's what they like. And that's what kills me with the media. And they just like fuel and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm like, you know, when they're going to eventually squash their beef. You know, Kwame and Matt Barnes and, and Stack, eventually they are. You know, I don't know when. You know, it's going back and forth a lot of time. I got I got love for all of them. I didn't have, I didn't have Stack on this show. I didn't have Matt Barnes on the show or, you know, Kwame Brown, I, I didn't, I didn't um, bought some of his shirts. Shout out to Kwame Brown and his shit shirts. My mama's cooking and all that. I didn't mm-hmm. order some for my, for, my, for my son. Got my some. Mama's my so I, I'm cool with all, <laughs> all of that. Yes, I'm cool with all of that. Right? So I don't want to see the beef. Right? So that's why I'm like, when they eventually, yes, <laughs> they eventually get cool with each other and make peace, oh, I'm God. challenging the media to cover that as well. You know what I mean? Instead of always trying to promote infighting, and us fighting and stuff like that, right? See, it's, right. But, it's, but it's platforms like this, man. Like we gotta, we gotta really start protecting our former athletes, man, and athletes and, and guys that are actually playing as we speak. Um, we got. I think we just gotta do a better job of quit letting the media smash our players because at the end of the day, man, guys, we we in a we in a what one percent group where there's only so many people can make it to the league. Right. So we gotta protect that. I mean, we're stuck with that. That's that title is on the on our name no matter what. All right. It's gonna say your name and it's gonna be former NBA player, whatnot. That's that's a title that everybody cannot walk around with. So we can't let people destroy all them uh years of you playing ball and waking up in the morning and you know destroying your body, doing whatever you gotta do to entertain people, to get yourself to where you need to be at. Um, and, it, and and somebody can go on social media and say one thing about you and all that goes down the drain right? that quick. So we got to right. stop that, man. We got to find ways to keep protecting each other, bro. And I right. think that's why, that's why I want to kind of make, make, that's why I want to make clarity what I was talking about with Gilbert because I don't want to make it seem like I'm something bad about it. But uh, when he was on the show, I was waiting for him to put that X factor in that, like I said, it, you know, Jordan was on Kwame, but he also, I, as me, I saw him times pick him up and bring him up too. But that X factor of, of Doug being there, I, I was expecting Gilbert to say something about that. But then I realized, well, he wasn't there to really understand it, that 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 piece. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? And so that's, to me, when, when you miss that type of stuff, if you talk on a situation, you miss those type of things, those vital things that really 
that we, you know you when you leave that out, it makes certain people look bad. Hmm. Now I hear you. I think Gilbert was talking more about just when Eddie Jordan was there and and the Kwame that he saw then, and then the, and then a little bit of the friction that they had. But you know, I I think I. You know, like I said, Kwame, Kwame's been taking hits in the media for a long time. For a long time, and a lot of different programs. Listen, I've been on programs where they ask me about Kwame, and I tell them what, what I said tonight, you know what I mean? That I saw, you know, MJ berate him. I saw Doug Connors trying to take his confidence. All that, and they just took my whole segment out of the, out of the, out of the park. Because <laughs> they don't want that. They, they, want want the narrative. that. they want the narrative that Kwame is, you know, whatever they want to do. And that's the narrative that they just yep. want to keep. So, so I go back mm. to why Kwame is, you know, throwing darts at some of these reporters because he remembers. He remembers it. He remembers the reporters on there just trashing them day after day, night after night, all the time. You know what I mean? So, and putting that narrative out there. So, I, I can't even, I, I understand, you know, I understand. But I, but I like that we're on here now and talking positive about him because you don't see that. True. And you don't see that from people who actually played with him, like Heidi said. So, you know, like I said, I, you know, I, I, I hope they eventually squash it. They're going to eventually squash it. But Kwame's mixing in a lot of stuff. He's touching on a lot of stuff. You know, I told Kwame a long time ago he need to uh, write his own book. This was a lot. Like, I've been in touch with Kwame for a long time. That's my dude. I told him, look, Kwame, you need to write your book. You need to write a book about all the stuff that you don't went through and how you persevered through it and everything like that. And he, he can write it now. Yeah, he can yeah. definitely write it. He can get a great book, dude. <laughs> Listen, he needs a book. He better write it. Right. He needs his own podcast. Book, he needs his own show. He got, he got his clothing line. You know what I mean? I was like, Kwame. He said he got his clothing line. Yeah. It'd be a bestseller. <laughs> It'd be a New York Times bestseller. I'm telling yep. you. I'm get telling. a book deal. You get paid before it's written. Before it's written, right? Yeah, he, he, he would. He would, though. He really would. Definitely. Really definitely. Would. So, hey, man. Well, look, I appreciate y'all coming on here and shedding some light, man. It's always good to talk to y'all, man, on the yes, old sir. Wizards days, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Any time for you. Any time for you, Tom. Huh? Right. Any time for you, bro. You know that, man. Anytime, yeah. No, you know, yeah. you know, you, you, know, you, know call, you, you know, the last conversation we had, ET, with you and uh, Popeye, but we, we'll talk about that on some other day. <laughs> yeah, why are you always got to bring that up? Why are you always got to bring that up? We talk about that some other day. This ain't the time. This ain't the time. Man. <laughs> you were funny, man. Hey, we were talking about you, ET, about how much you was a pioneer in the game before people even realized. <laughs> Say what? You was a pioneer in the game, dog. Who was? You. <laughs> okay. You. Uh, outside of Michael Jordan, I ain't know nobody else with their own signature shoe. Oh, you stupid, man. Too much. About what, I'm what, telling what, you, man. He said it all. With no limit. Yeah. I don't care what it is. For the ball. That mother, the what, ball it was, what was it called? Tinez? Tinez? No, no, that was that like no limit. That was no limit. Yeah, but you had your own shoe, right? No, he had, he, had a, he had a six-man shoe. That's what it was called, a six-man Six Six-man. Come on, dog. <laughs> whatever, whatever it was, it was your shoe. So that hey, was, and, and, it you was know, yours. Hey, you know, the cool thing about it, Heidi, uh, uh, I got more shoes from P than, um, than Ripper Hamilton got from Jordan. Jordan wouldn't get them no shoes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they had a box of about three pairs of shoes. I I had a box of about twenty pairs. Hey, listen, if 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 that deal, if Ricky Williams wouldn't have gotten hurt, ah, uh, I know, 
I know. Then No Limit was about to take over. No Limit would have took off. Yeah. It was. Oh, I was looking at No Limit when I was yeah, in Syracuse. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> no, no, you know, you know, you know I, 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 I be hating on me all the time, man. It, you know, you always trying to hate on me. You always try to throw little punches in. I, 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 I ain't throw punches. Hey, 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 that was, hey, like Kwame say, like Kwame say, like Kwame say, hey, you can't dispute the facts. That's facts. <laughs> Yo, how you know facts, me? I'm a, I'm nah, I wasn't gonna sign with no limit, but that was facts. <laughs> Come on, Heidi. You know I'm only a couple hours from you, man. My whole town is a couple hours from you, dog. Hey, I love you. You know, we man. We, together, hey, we grew up as kids, man. I love you. <laughs> Y'all funny, man. Uh, funny, man. No, nah, but each time, man, hey, I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate this. This yeah, is good, man. Yeah. No, for sure, man. Well, I appreciate y'all coming on, man. So y'all my peoples, man. You know what I yes, mean? Y'all my people. So hey, so thanks again for coming on the rematch. Uh, thanks to basketballnews.com and Fly TV for giving me this platform to be able to cover this. And, uh, you know, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Rematch. You can find more episodes on basketballnews.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also find my articles on basketballnews.com, along with exclusive content from Kenyon Martin, James Posey, and more. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AtonThomas36. Let me know what you thought of this episode and who you'd like to see as a guest. I would love your feedback.